1: You love them, you hate them, and you can't stop talking about them. Announcers, analysts, pundits, they're all fair game. It's Sports Media Mayhem with Alex Reamer. Time to let it rip.
0: And welcome back to the show, Sports Media Mayhem. As I said in the open, Sean Keeley is the editorial director at Comeback Media. Happy to talk to Sean, I'm a big fan of their properties over there. How are you? Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Doing great. O- always happy to talk about uh, Twitter and what it might look like a, an hour from now, whatever that means.
0: Yeah. So you wrote the story, what happens to sports media if Twitter dies back in November. I think it's fair to say Twitter's only gotten worse, if not much <laughs> worse since then, but it has not died. It's still alive, at least as of this recording. Mm-hmm. So um, for this story, I think it's really interesting. You spoke to six different people in sports media who have six very different jobs, national writer, play-by-play guy, local reporter, et cetera. Um, what are some of the big takeaways that you found and or learned from reporting out this piece about the place that Twitter has in the sports media ecosystem, if you will?
1: Yeah, it was really interesting. You know, I, I think, you know, anybody who's in the sports media world already knows how important Twitter has been for the last, I don't know, decade. Um, but it's, what was interesting about speaking to all those people is how, how differently it's important to everyone. Um, for some people, uh, Chris Vanini from the athletic, you know, he talked about how it's, it was a critical platform for him to make connections. And he didn't even feel like he would have the job he has today without Twitter. If he didn't have the, um, ability to connect with so many people in the industry, uh, and he kind of sees it as like a um, like a giant RSS feed, you know, and, and right. he's like, if something happens in Montana State, I can immediately connect with the beat writer at Montana, you know, or somebody over there. Right. It's like instant access. Um, and then you have somebody like Joey Zanaboni, who is a play by play broadcaster who you might know because of his viral Uh, baseball calls uh, over the years, which all went viral on Twitter and is kind of directly correlated with him working his way up the minor league ranks, where he is now the uh, AAA announcer for the Washington Nationals organization. And he says, you know, Twitter is again, like what got helped get him where he is. Um, But he definitely, you know, was very concerned about, you know, the downsides of Twitter. Um, And then Donna DeTota, who is the uh, Syracuse basketball beat reporter uh, for Syracuse.com. She, I was very surprised that she was kind of like, you know, Twitter's not really that important for, right. for what I do. Um, she's like, if I want to know what the players are, are up to, I go to Instagram because that's where they're sharing their information. Right. Uh, and then, you know, she's it, it kind of, I think we are kind of past the days, you know, somewhat for live tweeting every game. You know, we still see that, but it's not really the the need that it used no. to be. So I think on a local level it's not as relevant, uh, which was kind of interesting to hear. Um, yeah, and then you know just <clears throat> and then I think you know there were uh, Brett McMurphy, who is a national yeah, yeah. uh, news breaking reporter. Uh, you know he talked about how uh, I think he he had he had the quote about how it's kind of like a a weird RSS feed Twitter yeah. to get stories and um and you know he he was very. I think because he's you know a little bit older than some of the other people I talk to, he's like you know th- when this goes away, something else will come along. It's it's not precious, um, and I, and I happen to think that's true. I, I think any of us who have worked in sports media long enough, especially in the digital age, uh, we've already seen enough things come and go that seemed essential at the time. Yeah, um, like Twitter does, I, I think for a lot of us, but eventually it won't. Well, what would be one example of something that was, seems so essential to the
0: job that no longer exists or doesn't exist in anything close to its current form?
1: I mean, I, th- I think I, you know, I speak for myself because uh, back in the day I used to be a blogger and I, I right. was a blogger for SB nation. Yep. Me too. I remember before Twitter, before social media, you had to hustle to try to get your stuff out there. And um, I remember it was like, you go to message boards, you go to right. Fark, fark.com, Yeah, you go to, you you pray to get a link on Sports by Brooks yep. uh, or, you know, old Deadspin, you know, so you could like reach a new audience. And like, it was this whole way of doing things that just completely died when social media took off because then it was like, okay, well now Twitter is how we do that. And Facebook right. is how we do that. Um, you know, and so from a sports media standpoint, I think that's definitely been a huge change. But in general, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, how many platforms, MySpace, um, you know, Facebook, I I barely see anybody like really talk about Facebook in a sports media sense anymore.
0: Right. But what's interesting about Facebook, as you all know, is it is an insane traffic driver. Uh, You know, every site that I've ever worked for, the vast majority of our social traffic comes from Facebook. And that's the interesting thing about Twitter it, and I think someone who you interviewed for this piece mentioned that it has such a a large role in determining kind of our daily narrative, regardless of the beat you cover. But if you actually look at what is the benefit of like posting a link on Twitter, there's not much of a correlation between no. Twitter and clicks, which is a very interesting, which is very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've always felt like uh, Twitter, you have to just act, treat it as an extension of your site. And yeah. it is, it's like, it's an extension of your brand. And, and that's where you go oh. to engage with people and figure out what people are talking about. And it's a really good tool for, you know, okay, everybody's talking about this game or this person. Let's write about that. Um, right. But you're right. Like we put up a link on on Twitter and that's not, that that's inconsequential compared to all the other ways that a, a website is going to generate traffic. I think from my vantage point,
0: and like that athletic writer, I owe a lot of my professional career to Twitter. I got my start in sports talk radio in my early to mid 20s. And I don't think I would have been anyone would have even been aware of me if I wasn't writing stuff, posting it on Twitter that and that leads to my next point, which is like, I think for people in media, you're right, you know, where are the athletes breaking their news, it's going to be on Instagram, it's going to be on TikTok, you know, we talked about the clicks and the lack of a correlation. So like, for me, Twitter is really most useful and vital when it comes to just uh, communicating with other journalists and kind of putting yourself out there for other people in media. It really, I think more than ever now is a forum for journalists to talk to journalists and network with journalists. And as you said, it's never been easier. If a news story breaks somewhere, you need a quick comment, let's just do a Twitter search, find someone, DM them. I mean, I found you via DM. It took like two seconds to touch base versus email, so I, I think that's really what Twitter's turned into for a lot of us—just a, a place to network.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and I've always felt like at the end of the day, every social media platform is essentially a message board, yeah, or or a chat room. And Twitter is a chat room that you just get to decide whose whose messages you see, and you know, and, and who is interacting with you. And and so yeah, it's it. I think that's the thing when, when people talk about, you know, Twitter ending and what that's going to mean and where do we go? I don't think it's a loss of traffic and it's not a loss of, you know, branding and things like that. Um, It is a loss of, it's like a connection loss. And I don't know that there is another platform that exists right now that can offer what Twitter had. And I'm not even sure if any of the, if that's, if if the point is to find the, the next Twitter
0: right Mastodon post I don't even know what those are Sean I don't want to know what they yeah. are I mean a Mastodon no. what you need like your own server or something I don't even understand it
1: it's just you know and and that was when when everybody started sharing all that stuff I I was like the reason every social media platform that's ever taken off the big part of the reason it took off is because it was super simple to sign up right and just start going right and there's like Mastodon like forget like I was like, where am I right now? Like, I I feel like I'm over on the engineer side of the office and I don't know what anybody's talking about right now.
0: That's a scary side. You walk yeah. in, there's code, their <laughs> faces right. are drooping from staring at their computer screen. It's a scary, scary spot over there. Um, I was going to ask you about, uh, what was the next thing I wanted to ask you here about? Um, Oh yes, in terms of like the... Uh, getting like a zeitgeist of the times is kind of how I put it with Twitter, right? Like you're watching a big game or big news story breaks, and you see all the instant reaction. And you know, if Twitter becomes less significant than it is now, it'll really recalibrate how I think a lot of people and I'll include myself do our jobs, especially those who are in like the day to day content minds, if you will, because like, let's say there is a big controversial call in a big NFL game. You can go on Twitter. You see a million things you can embed. You see a million vantage points from it. And you can get a lot of story ideas from it and kind of see like which wave people are going and how to ride that reaction. If we didn't have Twitter or we had a much less significant version of Twitter, uh, it would be harder, I think, to get a, get a read on what the general consensus is. But maybe that'd be a good thing because there would be less group think. So... I mean, that's, yeah, you know,
1: I, thing. I, I agree. I think there's, there's, we have an entire like industrial complex right. built around tweet content and right. reaction content. And, you know, comeback media, like we, we do a lot of that too. And, um, you know, and we've had to adjust, like so many other people have had to adjust with the changes to verification and Twitter Blue. And it's like, well, just because somebody has a check mark now, I don't know if we can necessarily trust what they're saying. Maybe we never could, and we just pretended that we could. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I think it's it's you know good and bad. It's it's probably like the the larger structures around sports content and sports media have evolved around Twitter, and so I think that's what I was uh, one of the things at the heart of what I was trying to get to is like when Twitter goes away, you know, it touches so many different areas of sports media and sports content that will have to remake themselves. Um, And that is absolutely one of them is like all of these sites out there that are kind of like churning out the daily news and reactions and all that stuff. Um, Are are we going to start getting that from Instagram comments? Are we going to start getting that from like, are we going to start doing like TikTok reacts? Like it's, it, it sounds, there's a lot of like square peg and round hole ideas right now that. I think will just kind of go away, depending on what the world looks like, um, post-Twitter, you know, if, if there is a viable alternative. And I just don't think we know what that is yet.
0: And how about, and you mentioned this in the piece, how about guys like Adam Schefter, Shams, Woj, who have uh parlayed their very popular Twitter feeds into multi-million dollar contracts?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could make a, a no one would argue that Adam Schefter doesn't get tons of stories and is in a, uh, an impressive insider, you know, for the reporting that he does, but so much of his value is wrapped up in that breaking news tweet that he right. puts out there and, you know, and, you know, Woj versus Shams and and who gets there first and, and all of that. Um, and there's a whole conversation to be had about how, you know, the ESPN people will complain about aggregate media, but they're the ones feeding aggregate media right. with, you know, the way that they've set up their, their content system. So like, um, yeah, like it it changes the entire structure of that. Like how valuable is an Adam Schefter to you when there isn't this, this information facilitator that rewards the first person to put it out there. Um, if he's just another guy on your TV screen, right. It's still valuable. He's still a reporter. He's still breaking news, but like, it's not the same. And yeah. and he's not he's not the kind of person who can like transition over to TikTok and do the same thing like that's just
0: entertaining to try to see but <laughs> uh,
1: yeah I don't know if I even want to see that but like it's
0: yeah exactly I definitely don't want to see Woj on TikTok he's weird on TV as it is I think he's <laughs> right. even yeah
1: like well that's the thing like it's so many people like they are they are built for Twitter yeah like, that's why it's worked so well
0: well you know I didn't even think of that like you go through any day in the NFL every little injury. Every national reporter is tweeting it out. There is no Twitter. Where would that go? Would it just be like a running blog on like NFL.com? Would a lot of this stuff not be reported? Because back in the day, as you know, if someone had a big story to break, it would show up on the website and that would be that. But, you know, a C-level free agent signing, I wouldn't say is necessarily a big story. So like, would anyone even care if Schefter got, would even know if Schefter got that first or Rappaport got that first? You're so right where especially with the insider game, it's so wrapped up in the immediacy of Twitter
1: yeah and, and you're right like there's so many it makes you think like so many of these people what would their day look like if they weren't trying to get the news first to make to get it on Twitter like right away like it, it probably changes the entire algorithm of, of how they go about their day and like what their job is and um, what is the value of how does ESPN need? four guys focused on NFL breaking news uh, because they want to hit every little thing on Twitter. Like, I I don't know if that's the case. If it's just, we're going back to the days of you break news by writing an article. um, That's a different skill set. So yeah, I, I think, um, I think we're, we, there's just like fundamental ways that Twitter has influenced the sports media world, especially when it comes to like the insiders and the way that they think about how they go through their day and how they, what they report and what they choose not to and, and all that, all of that changes. And it's, it's really fascinating.
0: Wording, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, a few more for you, Sean. So there, I mentioned there's, since your article has been published, there's been a lot of change on Twitter, pretty much all of it bad. Um, but for sports Twitter, like the sandbox side of things, um, have you noticed any real change since Elon took over and how the ecosystem operates, how some sports writers are treating Twitter. Cause obviously we've had bands of tech reporters. We've had rises in hate speech, but you know, fortunately people in sports, not, not going into those areas all that often. So yeah, have you noticed any change in like our area of the Twitter world?
1: I can't say I've noticed anything too significant. Yeah. I, I think there's a couple people who maybe have jumped ship, Um, I think there's maybe a few people who are doing a little bit less than they used to. Um, Probably the most interesting thing I noticed was um, uh, Jeff Passan uh, started doing breaking news on Instagram every once in a while. I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. So like he was breaking like every fifth story for a while there. He was like, hey, head over to Instagram. I got breaking news on this guy. Um, which I thought was really fascinating. Hmm. Uh, it was almost kind of like he was testing the waters to see what happens hmm. when he does that. So yeah. um, I think maybe we'll maybe we might see a little bit more of that. But I don't get the sense yet that any of the big companies like ESPN or Fox or any of those guys are changing their strategies yet. I think yeah. I think they're waiting for the dam to break before they decide. Okay, we we really need to change anything.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think too, like the way that I've changed Twitter has certainly, the way that I use Twitter rather, has certainly changed immensely over the last couple of years. But that's not Elon taking over. I think that's just the fact that, you know, I've been on Twitter for over a decade and I've seen that if you tweet something provocative, controversial, it's not worth the quote tweets, the replies, Thanks. the angst. It's happened to me. Are now people going to contact my station, my boss, Pickett? Ask for my firing. And, you know, as a result, I really don't tweet about current events at all anymore. I used to do it all the time. And I think a lot of people who I follow on Twitter act similarly. Um, So I think there is a lot of change in how reporters and sports reporters are using Twitter. But I think not a lot of it has to do with Elon Musk, if that makes sense. I think it has to do with just how we've learned about the platform and grown with the platform and gotten, I think, quite cynical and rightfully so about a lot of aspects of the platform.
1: Yeah, I I think it's fair to say Twitter was on a downward trajectory before Elon, for for sure. In terms of, obviously it's not getting a lot of younger people to sign up. It's not really getting a lot of people new to sign up, period. And you're right, like the user base that's been around for a really long time. We've been through the ringer enough times that we now know like, okay, I'm not gonna bother getting involved in that topic because nothing will come of it. And it's just me shouting into the wind. Right. And so, yeah, like that, I think there definitely is this one way or another, we were always heading in the direction where Twitter will one day be irrelevant. It's just that it seems like with Elon, things have been sped up exponentially.
0: Yeah. And you read all the stories about PR reps for celebrities saying, you know, I we tell our clients to never tweet. There's really no money to be made on Twitter, um, no. you know, Um You know, one thing I will say is, so there's been a lot of talk about Twitter blue and this verification system. I'm going to give Elon a little idea here. Hopefully he's not listening, but this would be a good one for him. If he wants people to pay $8 to be verified on Twitter, wouldn't an easy way to do it to say people who are officially verified, like their tweets can now be seen by all their followers. And if you're not verified, your tweets will be played down in the algorithm. Like, you know, I would, I never want to pay $8 for a stupid blue check mark. But if that blue check mark means that all of my tweets, due to the algorithm, will now be seen by all of my followers, I think I would pay for that. That would be pretty enticing. So I wonder if we'll head in that kind of direction too. Which would also, of course, be terrible for a number of reasons. But
1: yeah, I mean, I think inevitably it, it seems like the more the more money he loses and the and the worse things get on that side, I think the more he will be willing to throw away the ubiquity of the site in order to give in order to incentivize you to pay to the point where it will probably become eventually um, just unenjoyable to be on Twitter unless you're paying.
0: Right. That's my guess. If you're not paying, you are basically
1: shadow banned. Yeah, you're basically just getting like ads and three, three day old tweets, uh, you know, at some point.
0: Uh, you know, that's kind of my timeline these days anyway, ads and like day
1: old tweets. I know. Yeah. It's, the- it's, I mean, it's already the the experience has been so downgraded already. Um, but it, in in some way, it's a testament to how addicted so many of us are that we're still there and we're still powering through. And we'll power through onto
0: 2023 on this <laughs> right. health site that we love to complain about.
1: Uh, Sean Keeley, good
0: stuff, man. Thanks for coming on. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I appreciate it.